Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,439. Today on Cars Yeah, I'm celebrating the UAE Concord Elegance that takes place December 12th, 13th, and 14th in Dubai at the Bulgari Hotel and Resort. To learn more, go to the UAEConcord.com. Work while you work, play while you play. That is the way to be happy and gay. All that you do, do with your might. Things done in part are never done right. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up, and we are revved up, ready to go, and very excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Twinsburg, Ohio, Doug Tabbitt. Doug, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? And that's kind of a silly question for a guy like you. <laughs> I always wear my seatbelt, and uh, except in my office chair. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. All right. Hopefully, we won't need that today in a car or your office chair. Doug Tabbitt is the founder of Switch Cars, a Cleveland-based sports car dealership and specialty Porsche consulting and brokerage service. He sources automobiles from private collectors, customers, and dealers, never from wholesale auctions. His focus is a verifiable history and condition report so that you can purchase with confidence. Doug is also an authorized dealer for Trailex Aluminum Sports Car Trailers. Along with his co-driver and future guest, Arnie Toban, Doug recently broke the New York to Los Angeles Cannibal Run record. Oh my gosh, this will be an interesting show. Regular listeners will remember past record holder Ed Bolian, who was a guest here on Cars Yeah a few years ago. So, Doug, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more about your business, your life, and, of course, your passion for very long, fast drives? 
sure, Mark. Thanks for that uh, great introduction. I may have to uh, steal some of it for uh, my own marketing. But uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Happy to oblige. Yeah, I, I started Switch Cars uh, when I was 20. And uh, when asked why I started it, the uh, joking but serious line is nothing else worked. I dropped out of college, went into business with a friend who is no longer, and went to work at a couple car dealerships and didn't enjoy the politics there. So I started my own car dealership because I loved cars and I thought that uh, the buying process should be an enjoyable experience because, you know, after all, I wasn't selling utilitarian mobiles, I was selling fun cars. So that was why I started it. I've been doing it, I guess, almost 15 years now. I've kind of lost track of time, but uh, wow, yeah. that's, that's what I do. Well, it's cool. We're going to learn a lot more about that. And of course, the listeners are going to want to hear about this uh, tremendous adventure that you uh, partook in across the country as we go <laughs> through the questions. But we're going to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has a meaning for you in life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tire smoking a little bit here on Cars. Yeah, so Doug, take the wheel. Well, I, I certainly have lots of them, and uh, Proverbs in the Bible is full of great, good business quotes and advice, um, certainly more than that as well. But one I remember from my childhood was actually a poem that I cut and pasted and is still on my grandmother's refrigerator. And it was, uh, so it, it is a poem by M.A. Sodart, and it is, work while you work, play while you play. That is the way to be happy and gay. All that you do, do with your might, things done in part are never done right. And the second half of that is really what I keep reminding myself of because I'm pretty severely ADD and I try to use that to my advantage, um, but I have trouble finishing things. You know, I've, I've got multiple tasks to do at all times and, you know, the nature of running your own business is that things are coming up all the time. So trying to focus on something to completion and do it with intensity. And like, as Dave Ramsey says, things that you focus on are what you win at. So that poem has stayed with me as, as kind of a guide of, of how to do things well. You know, the pretty interesting as a young person that that poem stood out for you, but I think it's really, really cool. In your comment about ADD, I've had a fair number of guests on the show here who are entrepreneurial that call themselves or title themselves with ADD. And I, th I find it interesting because a lot of people would say, oh, that's a problem, but other people use it to their benefit. And it also helps drive them down paths that maybe somebody without it doesn't have. So give me an example for those listeners out there that might feel like they, they have an issue with that. Uh, how you use ADD as a positive in your life? I don't know that I can explain how I harness it, but it just works. My mind is always running. And I think that's a positive, at least for business, is probably a detriment to interpersonal relationships. Because when, when I'm with people, I'm not necessarily focused on being with them. I'm always, my mind is running so it helps for business because I'm I'm always going in terms of wow what what about this idea how how would this work out and uh, it, it's certainly an advantage for cannonballing too because you have to be multitasking and focusing on a bunch of things at once but I don't know that I have any big script on how I've taken advantage of it it just kind of works yeah yeah you know another aspect of this is. Um 
people that have different afflictions, how they've used those to their benefit and learned how to operate with those afflictions or whatever they might be. So uh, dyslexia is another one that I've had a lot of guests on the show. And it turns out my sister, being a special ed teacher for decades, has learned uh, through some reading in the past five or six years that people with dyslexia that have very severe trouble reading, comprehending, have a unique ability, most of them, I should say, according to some of the studies, to see things in three dimensions that other people can't. And so a lot of the folks that have been on this show who say they have dyslexia become designers because they can see in three dimension, whereas a lot of people just see flat. You you think about somebody drawing a picture of a car, people that can draw in a three-dimensional way versus, uh, I'll pick on Elon because everybody else is this week, uh, his new new truck, uh, which looks like it's just one-dimensional pretty much when you look at it, just, you know, it's that same car shape we all drew as kids, I think. But uh, something tells me he may be laughing all the way to the bank. But uh, I I find it really interesting. So I appreciate you sharing that with us and uh, how that has benefited you a little bit. Let's talk about your life with cars, and uh, how did you share a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed going to be a car guy? It was uh, very early on. I guess I could say I was born with it, and neither of my parents were really into cars, although my mom a little bit. Uh, my dad was very much into boats, but I just I loved cars from a young age. I would spot cars when we'd go on road trips. I remember sitting in my grandmother's accounting office and watching the traffic go by, and I would take statistics on what kinds of cars drove by, you know, Chevy versus Ford versus uh, Chrysler. So very young age, it was fully ingrained and a complete passion. Yeah, I've heard this from so many guests that when they were little, they could sit and identify cars by their headlights at night and so forth. And I was a bit of the same way on the street I grew up on. Uh, everybody I knew, I knew him by the car parked out in front of their house. Uh, oh yeah, that's Mr. Ford Falcon and that's Mr. Porsche Speedster and you know, so forth. So, uh, yeah, it's the same way. I, I have a hard time remembering people's names, but I do remember the cars they drive. So yeah. this is part of our yep. affliction as passionate people. Well, let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down talk about a big challenge or a big failure. You talked about dropping out of high school or college rather. I won't call college. that a failure, but college, yeah, I won't call that a failure because it drove you, drove you, I should say, to use the bad pun here, down the right path of a field that you're, you've been very successful at. But walk us through a time that was a great challenge for you. Maybe it was during one of the times you ran Cannonball. Tell us how that experience helped you or you learned from it so you could move out of it in a positive way. Yeah, I've had a lot of challenges for sure. Um, college was one of them partly because I had always known that I was going to be a car designer and engineering was the path to get there. And as soon as I got to college, I knew that I hated it and that was not the direction I wanted to go. So I had to redefine my life and decide what I wanted to do after chasing a a dream for so many years. So that was certainly difficult. And at that time was when I went into business with a friend that I met there. That actually just got more difficult because within about a year, uh, I had poured all sorts of money that I didn't have into that project and it uh, blew up in my face. So I had to then again redefine 
my life and determine what I was going to do with it, but now also six figures in debt from this failed experiment. So that was definitely a, a turning point in my life in, in a number of ways. And it wasn't the last one. I mean, life is difficult. Business is difficult. I've had marital strife and and economic strife and all sorts of trials along the way. The statistics say that the average entrepreneur has four failed businesses before he has one that succeeds. I, I don't know if that's true, but I've certainly had difficult iterations along the way where I've been more or less successful and uh, had to, I guess I've, I've gone broke and then some twice in my life to actually figure out how to run business well and do it properly. And I think the second time I went broke was the best turning point because there was a combination of failures in my life that all added up to it, it was bad. I was I was in the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack and it was just stress. But out of that, I was spiritually renewed in my relationship with God. I was renewed in my relationship with friends and I learned how to run a business well because I started applying the principles, like I talked about earlier from Proverbs, that, that I knew but hadn't really applied in my life and decided that I wanted to run a business, I guess, to the glory of God, so to speak. And that was kind of the the beginning of, of the good journey, the second chapter of my life and of business where where I can really kind of take stock of what I've done what I've done and, and take pride in it. That I, yeah. I know that I've done it well. Well I appreciate you taking us to have really several difficult times in your life. Let me ask you this for people out there listening that might be going through the same thing, so many people come up against resistance and they quit. They just say, ah, oh, this is just too hard. I got to go back. I'll go work for someone else or it's easier and I don't have to deal with this anymore. But there's others that don't. And you're one a great example of that. Just say, nope, I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to come back in a positive way, I guess is the way to say it. So what gave you, obviously, a faith in God uh, gave you the ability to come back from that and believe in yourself, it sounds like, what is a piece of advice you might offer somebody listening that's going through one of these times right now and sitting there in the middle of the night going, uh, I just can't do this anymore? Yeah, that's tough um, because sometimes it's true, right? Like I watch Shark Tank and a lot of people see roadblocks as hurdles when they're really roadblocks. And I'm you know, screaming through the TV going, stop, you failed, admit that you failed, stop trying to see this as a hurdle on your way to success. So certainly some failures and some difficulties are signs that, hey, this is, this is not for you. This is not, uh, this is not a healthy business, you, you know, whatever. This is a uh, try something else. And it just takes discernment, I guess, to determine when something is a roadblock versus a hurdle. It takes good people around you who care about you enough to tell you the hard truth, but also people that are smart enough to realize that as well. You know, listening. surround. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listening to listening. others. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I do the same thing with Shark Take. You sit there and go, stop talking and listen to the advice you're getting right now. Uh, yeah. And I realize that show's edited for TV and there's a whole lot more behind it. And sometimes you're like, why would they do that? But yeah, sometimes you have to stop digging and crawl out of the hole when you can still get out of it. 
uh, and yep. go find another another place to dig to yep. use an old saying. So yeah, the, the quick and dirty advice is is have a, a good team of advisors around you that you trust. And I, I don't know how to tell anyone to get out of that same dark place I was in, but uh, other than telling them to turn turn to the Lord. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about the first special vehicle in your life and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Um, yeah. So the first one I owned was very special to me. It was a Ford Taurus SHO, super high output. And man, oh man, was I proud of that car. I knew everything about it. I had a stat sheet on that car. I had a whole list of sports cars that it would beat in zero to 60. I challenged all my friends at high school with their civics street race. I mean, I thought that was the greatest car ever made. And then Conan (laughs) O'Brien said that he had one. And I found that out and I just, it was over. I, everybody was sick of hearing me talk about that car. (laughs) That's funny. That was a pretty unique car. I mean, you think about it, you think about the Ford Taurus and, you know, kind of a family sedan and so forth. And all of a sudden they come out of this HSO version. It's like, what? So, yeah. Is that your seller's remorse story? Are you sorry you let that go? Or is there there another car that maybe you were done, really done with it? Every now and then I see a clean SHO for sale and I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have one back. And, you know, my wife completely disdains it. And I think that is just best left as a nostalgic memory. Probably the the most seller's remorse or the car I would most like to have back was a uh, Crown Victoria Police Interceptor that I had uh, in college. <laughs> Technically, it was my parents, but I made all sorts of trouble in that car because it was a cop lookalike car, and they gave it away to some missionaries, and it's, I don't know, in a junkyard somewhere. But it, it'd be cool to have that one back for the memories. I, I certainly couldn't engage in the same sort of shenanigans with it now because it'd just be an old Crown Vic, but... I would like to have it back. Yeah. Let me correct myself. I think I said HSO, SHO on that Ford Taurus. But, uh, you know, the the police interceptor, I have a, a cousin that used to loan me his when I'd go down to Car Week. He'd leave it at the airport in San Jose and I'd drive it down to uh, Pebble Beach. And I tell you, the fun thing about that car is you just pull in the left lane and everybody pulls over and lets you drive by. It's yep, hilarious. That is true. Like, oh, gosh, undercover cop, get out of the way. So, yeah, I felt like the Blues Brothers uh, cruising down the roadway, <laughs> down 101 to get to uh, Car Week. Very cool. Well, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about your business and let our listeners know more about Switch Cars. And then, of course, we've got to talk a little bit here about your record-setting Hannibal run. So take it away. Sure. Um, so Switch Cars has had many iterations along the way, as they say, adapt or die, so that's what I've done. Uh, I used to, uh, when I first started, I made quite a bit of money off of ordering or pre-ordering allocations for limited production cars and flipping those allocations. I got away from that, and it's certainly much more difficult to do now. And I simply buy and sell cars. Lately, I've had a lot more demand for consulting services, and specifically in the Porsche GT realm. I have the most comprehensive database of Porsche GT cars in North America, and I've sold so many of them that I just, I, I think I know them better than just about anyone else in the country. And, and so I, I have a lot of people ask me for help either locating one of those or consulting in their search. So I developed a 
basically a program for that, um, where people will hire me on retainer for my opinion and advice and uh, for help in seeking out a, a GT3 or RS Porsche. So that's, um, I do that kind of concurrently with the car dealership. And maybe at some point, the consulting business will take on a uh, a life of its own that remains to be seen, but uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what that's I do. Very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Well, tell us about this uh, this amazing record setting run uh, that you and your co driver <laughs> did here. Because when Ed Bolling was on the show, he talked about you know what it's like to do that run, and a lot of people, you know, their only real experience with this are the couple movies that were produced, which are of course Hollywood movies, and everything's kind of fantasize and I don't know, is it like that or not? Or uh, what's it like to jump in a car in New York and try to get to LA as fast as possible without getting yourself into trouble? (laughs) It is nerve wracking and peaceful at the same time. The preparation and the anticipation are probably the most difficult part of it because you're wrestling with the questions of why, you know, why am I doing this? Is this worth the risk? Is this completely crazy? To which the answer is yes, but it's really a matter of am I crazy enough to to do this anyway? And, you know, sitting there getting ready to go is the hardest thing because you're looking at all the miles ahead of you and not even really able to grasp it. You kind of are taking it in the moment. Uh, But then once you get out on the road, you just get in a groove and you go, okay, this is this is what we're doing. We're just driving. Um, and you just do that hour after hour, but it, it certainly takes an intense focus on the task at hand, but at the same time, the task at hand is a myriad of individual tasks, which play well into my ADD because you have to be judging upcoming risks and anticipating what other drivers might do, um, uh, because at those speeds, you're, you're taking responsibility both for your own actions and for other people's because the average driver is not uh, trained or uh, expecting somebody to pass them at those speeds. So you have to account for what their potential reactions might be or what their potential misdeeds might be so that nothing bad happens. Um, Plus running all the equipment and trying to stay out of uh, trouble with the law and all those things, it's a pretty incredible experience. What kind of car were you in? A 2015 Mercedes E63 AMG with the Alpha 9 package. Oh, well, a comfortable car to be driving yeah. uh, that long. <laughs> I mean, very comfortable car. It sure beats uh, Dom DeLuise's uh, ambulance, uh, that's for sure. So, uh, And Burt Reynolds, I think, is what they were driving in one of those movies. It's incredible. And, and what what are we talking about time-wise compared to the last record and the record that you ended up, you and Arnie ended up achieving? So Ed's was 28.50. Ours was 27.25. So That's quite a bit of time difference. Yeah, it is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we didn't think we could go that fast. We knew 27 was possible in theory, but there's a lot of things about cannonballing that are possible in theory that people who have not done it have have no idea the the difficulty of executing those things in reality. So the fact that we were sub twenty eight was huge for us. Yeah, yeah. Now you obviously plan out your entire route beforehand, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. so you know exactly. Okay, what roads where are you going to go and so forth? 
everybody participating, do they have to run the same route or do people pick their own routes? There's uh, a few different schools of thought on this, but the original Cannonball Run that Brock Gates founded in 71 was the Red Ball Garage in Manhattan to the Portofino in in Redondo Beach. And thankfully, those two places are still in existence. Uh, they've certainly changed hands, but they're still there. You can still do a Red Ball to Portofino run. Now, there's been other Cannonballs that are other routes, but it's generally kind of New York to California and specifically New York to L.A. So when Brock Gates started the race, it was, he said, the only rule is there are no rules. So you just had to depart from the Red Ball and arrive at the Portofino and do it in the same car in which you started with the same team. That was a race, of course. And then there were spinoff races. And we've even done some uh, uh, what they call the C2C Express, uh, which was a vintage car kind of tribute cannonball race that both Arnie and Ed and I have done. And those have been different points over the years, starting and ending. But the general kind of rule for any cannonball record is it has to be from the Red Ball to the Portofino. Now, you know, during the original races, people could take whatever route they wanted. And um, Alex Roy actually did a slightly different starting and ending point, but it was still Manhattan to L.A., so within the spirit of things. But in order to claim what we felt was a legitimate cannonball record. It uh, had to be from the Red Ball to the Portofino. And beyond that, it's you determine what car, what team, what route that will get you there the fastest. Now, I'd assume there's a massive number of challenges undertaking something like this. If you could single out one, I'm kind of thinking weather, maybe? I mean, speed, obviously, Um, but, but weather, because you just don't know you start running into weather conditions, which alter everything. Yes. Yes and no. Weather is at least somewhat predictable, uh, which sounds kind of, <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, yeah, crazy, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it sounds like a, a ridiculous statement, but, but weather is almost the most controllable variable because you can at least say, well, this weekend we'll go next weekend. Again, traffic is somewhat predictable as well. I think the one variable, if I wish I could, you know, eliminate it or control it would be law enforcement, because there's always the worry of, well, I pass that guy too fast, he's going to call me in. Or there might be a cop hiding around this corner or over this crest. And that's the thing that slows you down the most. If there was not a single cop between New York and LA, I think I could do it in 26 hours. Because you just keep your foot down, and the only time you would lift is out of concern for safety. Which, again, sounds ridiculous, because the whole, it, all the naysayers say, well, this is just, ah, it's a death wish. You guys are so unsafe. And, and really, at no point during the run did I feel unsafe at all, or that we were putting anyone else in danger. goes back to kind of anticipating everybody else's moves and, and accounting for those. But there was always that risk of, are we going to get arrested? Are we going to get arrested? Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Uh, interesting. Well, Doug, up next is the last lap or the last part of our trip here across the country. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars yeah sponsors. 
When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. All right, Doug, we are back. Uh, I have a very introspective question for you. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested as a car, a vehicle, what would you be and why? Oh, goodness gracious. I, I, I think I was asked this question like 10 years ago for uh, a local okay. business magazine. And at the time, I said a yellow Ferrari. Okay. And I, I think that's still probably true because I'm high maintenance. <laughs> My wife will attest to that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm, I guess, noticeable for lack of a better term. I mean, I'm, this is not like, saying this in a bragging way, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm the guy in a group of people that will, if not be the center of attention, I'll probably try, or I will be like the person to take charge. So I'm not necessarily the one to blend in. So I'm out there, I'm brash, I'm high maintenance and make a lot of noise, I guess. <laughs> Maybe a, a better Ferrari. way to describe it. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay, that makes sense. Well, we're entering what I call the last lap. This is uh, something you're used to, uh, fast speeds, fast answers to fast questions. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Maybe I should rephrase this. What's the best cannonball advice you've ever received? <laughs> Don't get arrested. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, do not get arrested. That wrecks your whole trip every time, no matter what you're doing. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Waking up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a good start to the day versus if, the uh If the I don't get out of bed, then uh, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
How about a resource? Is there one in particular you'd like to share that you found useful? Apart from the Bible, the best resources I have are human resources. People around me, I'm surrounded with great friends, people smarter than I am. So definitely it would be people, even if they don't work for me. I'm, I'm very blessed in that respect. There you go. Yeah. Mom was always right. Surround yourself with great people. If uh, you mm-hmm. could, uh, or if I could, wave a magic wand and arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Having recently watched Ford versus Ferrari, I think the quick answer to that is Lee Iacocca. That hmm. probably wasn't what you're expecting, given the setup. No, I thought you'd say <laughs> Carol, which is what uh, most people answer to that question here, unless it's Henry Ford. But uh, Lee Iacocca, why Lee? Uh, he was a trendsetter. He was, he was different. He didn't care what people thought and he made waves in the car industry. It would be really interesting to pick his brain. No doubt. Now, uh, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? The Art of Racing in the Rain. I have not seen the movie yet. Oh, you gotta go see it. Amazing. Oh yeah. But everybody has to read the book before they go see the movie. The and I recently so gave it to my better. friend. Yeah, I said I, I'll give him. I'll give you a hundred bucks, but you have to give me back twenty bucks for every time you cry reading <laughs> this book. Yeah, pretty sure I'm going to make money off that deal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah, Gar Stein's been a guest here on the show. He lives up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, north of me. Mm-hmm. He lives up in Seattle. Uh, yeah, the book's so much better than the movie, but I liked the movie. I thought it was good, but uh, they just couldn't cover everything. That's yeah, I kept saying, "Well, what about? Right. What about? What about?" So. Uh, but yeah, it's hard to get through the movie if uh, without a tear in your eye. If you, if you do, you got something wrong with you. Right. <laughs> you readjust your thoughts or something. But uh, yeah, The Art of Racing in the Rain by Garstein, great book. And uh, with the holidays uh, here, um, great book to give somebody as a holiday gift as well. All right, Doug, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car, custom car, whatever you want, something special for your garage. But there are rules to my game since I'm going to be writing the check. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. That little trick's off the table. You have to drive it. Maybe coast to coast might be a good idea. Uh, You don't have to, though. And, of course, it's the only collector car you can have, which makes the decision process very, very important. So what can I buy you today? Easy. McLaren F1. You know, I was just reading about that car in the new sports car market uh, magazine, Keith Martin's magazine. and. yeah, a little story about the one that sold for, I think it was, was it like $17 million or something like that? It was a yep. huge amount of mm-hmm. money. Yeah, and and they attribute, or they were calling that the new Ferrari GTO with the way mm-hmm. those car values are going. So, uh, yeah, the McLaren F1. Uh, oh, that would be a nice car, wouldn't it? Uh, I'll tell you something kind of fun I saw at Pebble Beach one year. I was there with my son, and in front of the lodge, this guy pulled up in a silver McLaren F1 with Colorado plates, and he had just driven it from Colorado to Pebble Beach Car Week. Car was covered with bugs. I just about got down on my knees and praised him, you know, saying, yeah. I'm not worthy. Oh, my gosh. My son got to climb into that center seat and uh, sit there and imagine what it was like to drive that car. Very nice. What color would you like yours to be? Uh, I wouldn't discriminate. Uh, oh, okay. I well, like thanks. Burgundy cars. So if I had a choice, I, I'd take one in Burgundy. Pro, you know, I guess Rowan Atkinson's one was, was <laughs> Burgundy, the, but the, that, well, that one the got crashed. You don't want that one. Interior is 
Oh, I wouldn't care. <laughs> when you can't sell a car, it doesn't matter. I, I wouldn't care. But uh, okay. if I have my pick, maybe Burgundy or, or the, you know, the, the LM version and Papaya Orange. But I, I wouldn't discriminate. Beggars yeah, can't be choosers. Well, I'm going to call Ralph, oh, Ralphie Loren. I bought enough shirts with a little funky polo <laughs> pointy on them to maybe pay for one little tiny piece of that car and get his uh, his F1, that that beautiful one that he has in his collection. That might be a good one to park in your garage. But you've picked a I nice car. I think he too, right? Oh, I'm sure he has a whole bunch. I mean, he has whatever he wants, right? I mean, he's got yeah. one of the best car collections on the planet. So uh, it's not massive in number, but it sure has, well, by most standards it is, but it sure has the best of the best. So he's got exquisite taste, no doubt. All right, my friend Doug, you've taken us on a very fast, fun ride across the country here. Whew, I'm a little worn out. Uh, thank you. Time to get out of the car and use the bathroom, maybe here. Um, that's the, you know, <laughs> I didn't ask. Well, I was going to ask you. I didn't ask you that question, but now that I brought it up, so if you got to go to the bathroom and you're on the Cannonball, you only go at gas stops, right? No matter what, is that the rule? Well, we have devices to use in between gas stops, but okay, <laughs> part of Cannonballing is. Kind of, uh, at least for me, is moderating my intake such that I don't have to go until the gas stop. So I'll sip a little bit of water, I'll eat something salty, you know, take vitamins, whatever. And it's just very rationed intake. So the whole drive, I ate like one granola bar and an apple and like a few nuts. Wow, that's discipline. Holy cow. Well, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you're Race off across the country in that McLaren F1. <laughs> yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Don't ever get into the exotic car business. It's crazy. And don't ever do a cannonball because it's crazy. But the people who want to do those things and are determined are going to anyway. But <laughs> Absolutely. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and switch cars and the cannonball run? Sure. My business is, of course, switchcars.com. Uh, my Instagram is switchcars. Uh, those are the, I guess, the best two ways to to check uh, check out what I'm what I'm up to. And uh, by this, by the time this airs, there will be some articles released uh, about the Cannonball and a, a video on uh, Vin Wiki of Arnie and Berkeley and I talking about uh, the run itself. There you go. I'll make sure I put links to those. As soon as I get them on Doug's show notes page, you can go and check that out. Doug, thanks for calling in today. Thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise. You listeners, uh, later on, I'll have his co-driver here, Arnie, on the show. Uh, we were going to have him on the show today, but he woke up a little ill, unfortunately, this morning. So we're going to reschedule. But he'll be on uh, sometime in December, uh, and we'll learn about uh, the other side of this run that these guys took. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely incredible. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you driving by me down the road someday. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through 
Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.